Welcome to the Shelter Footy Cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yeah, here we go. This is the Shelter Footy Cast coming to you live from the Back Chat Studios. Uh, no scoey today, but we've got the Hammer in town uh, alongside Mark Reddings myself. Great to have your company. And of course, if you are having a listen or a look, uh, socials at Shelter Footy Cast. We love your feedback. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. YouTube Back Chat. We've got the Shelter Footy Cast playlist, you name it. Today, we're going to talk about our Thirsty Camel Clanger of the Week. Don't run out of your favourites. Get your shelters at Thirsty Camel. And don't forget, Dice is going to be performing uh, down there at uh, the Magnificent Shelter. Uh, September 22, the long weekend. We thought Hammer might be engaged in playing finals, but Hammer, you... I'll be there now. You're, yeah, I'll, you're be there with, I'll be there with bells on, so <laughs> looking forward to it. Absolutely. Now, the name Brayshaw, let's begin with the hot topics yeah. of uh, the weekend. <laughs> the name well. Brayshaw is certainly... Been prominent, and uh, yep. uh, there's so many hot topics from one week of the finals, but the most obvious is the case involving your brother yep. and Braden Maynard, which, uh, got to be honest, has footy people divided as to what they think the result of this should be. Uh, it does, yeah. It's um, it's an interesting one because it is my brother, but I think the yeah, the, it's it'll set a precedent for what's going to happen for a long time in football, I think, whether or not he gets off or whether he doesn't. I think in a, if this happened in round three, sweet, no worries, mate, you've got weeks. Uh, the scrutiny comes under the fact that I think the AFL are desperate for Collingwood to win a premiership. They want the supporters to go nuts. They've got 106,000 members. They want to do everything they can, I'm in my opinion, for that to happen. The world wants to see that happen, or the Collingwood fans do anyway, and they've got a very loud voice. So a lot of that is driven by the Collingwood fans and... I think a few people at the AFL that want to see Collingwood win, um, but duty of care for a player, uh, whether or not that comes into account, I don't know. I mean, the MRO wanted to knock it away straight away and <clears throat> not even look at it. So for Laura Kane to step in and say, well, actually, this is a pretty serious incident. Let's have a look. Good on her. Well done. Stepped straight into her role and gone bang. Uh, so, you know, we'll find out tomorrow night and then that'll get appealed and appealed and appealed and probably don't find out till Friday, but it'll be an interesting week. I want to get back to some of the specifics of, and again, I'm sort of tiptoeing, as I'm sure you are, through the legalities of this. And importantly, we've spoken about the issue, but of the incident. But what about Angus? How's he tracking? He's okay, which is good. He, um, I, I was, I got pretty emotional watching it because of his history and all the rest of it. And it's, um, <clears throat> his symptoms had died down a couple of days afterwards, which was good. Um, he's getting a scan on his brain tonight. Uh, an MRI tonight from the same doctor who had done all his previous scans, so she'll have the comparison and they'll be able to get a pretty good insight into what is going on up there, which is which is handy. But I was on the phone to him yesterday. He seemed in reasonably good spirits. He's um uh he's happy that the symptoms are dying down slash going away because he's had them before and they're shit. So he's um he's in a good spot. He's up and about. Uh, everyone around him is giving him some pretty good support. But um yeah, for the moment he's he's doing all right. 
So he's had a history of concussion. Is yep. this latest incident worse than previous ones or just an accumulation of what, what's previously happened to him? Oh, I think this isn't his worst one. Um, <clears throat> certainly not. He It is just an accumulation thing, though. I think in 2000 and oh, when would it have been? Maybe 2017 when he did his last big, when he had his last few. I think he might have done three in five weeks. He, he got knocked out, had the week off, came back again, got knocked out, took three weeks off and then got knocked out in that very first game. And then I think he missed like 15 or 16 weeks of football. So it was a long one there. And that was that was where he was in his room for eight weeks, couldn't have the lights on, couldn't listen to any music, couldn't have any noise. So that was that was a tough one. Um, but he's been pretty t- he's been pretty lucky since then and hasn't really had any incidents. Um, and so this big one now, while it's not as impactful as the other ones, and it has it didn't hit us obviously hit us hard, but it's um and put him out. But he's um yeah, it is just a cumulative thing. And with all the research and all the you know caution around concussions at the moment, it's um it's a it's a pretty big one for him. Peter Jess, who's a concussion campaigner and obviously looking out for the welfare of players. And even last night, I was watching on Spotlight um, on 7, the, the story of John Platten yep. forgets the 1989 grand final. We've seen NRL players in the same boat. A really sad story. They're 25, 30 years older than your brother. There's talk that, that this could be the the end of, of Angus's career. Now, whether that's a, um, a dramatisation of, of that. As his brother, though... What are you hoping for? Oh, his health is number one priority. Yep. So, what would you say to him under those circumstances? Oh, it's it's so hard. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for him especially, he's. I mean, I'm not sure if many people know it. He's engaged to Danny for all his daughter. So there's a lot of history there. This whole thing for years down the line is weighing heavily on him. Um, I think as a brother, I look at it and think I want you to do what's you know obviously best for your health and mental health wise, your football career is one of the most important things in your life. So if you can keep playing, then do that. Um, if it's going to impact your life down the line and you're not going to be able to remember things, well then, you know, you might have to seriously think about it. But I mean, speaking to him before this happened, he, he was contemplating in the last bout of concussions whether or not it would be something that you know maybe he could maybe he had to give it up um then things started to progress and he was okay and i don't want to catastrophize five days after the Mm. incident but it's i'm sure it's going to be something that at the end of this year he will assess he's got six months of five months of an off season that he will you know really look at and see what's best for his future and for his family's future and going forward so yeah it'll be as a brother, I just want to do what's best for him, whether that's mentally being stable to play football and enjoy that, then yep. Um, and if not, well, then, you know, he'll move on to something else. But, yeah, that's I don't think it's a decision that will be made in the next week or two, but in the next six months, I think he'll look at it. One more on him, and then just about the issue itself. Do you think he'll play again this year? Do you think he'll be available to play again this year, health-wise? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think speaking to him the last couple of days, the symptoms have died down to the point where it's just, a, I think, and a, you know, run a knock-of-the-mill concussion, run-of-the-mill concussion. I think he's had... Yeah, he's at a point now where he's in, entered the protocols and it's 12 days or whatever it is. But if um, if they win this week, it's I think he'll be okay for the for the game after for the prelim. But it's um it's whether or not he's ready to go. And yeah, I, obviously they got to win this week for him to be a chance. But um, if they do, I I think he's fifty fifty. But you know, I think he'd want to be able to get back and play in a premiership side. So it'll be interesting. Okay, uh, last sort of discussion on this before we get into the four. Finals matches from the weekend and a record number of people going to AFL grounds to watch these matches. The The issue that will be looked at tomorrow night by the Tribunal, and you mentioned Laura Kane and Michael Christian decided not to assess um, or classify 
the incident. Now, in part whether, and I think it's a smart move to take it straight to the tribunal because if Michael Christian alone had the decision, um, that I think it needs to, to be tried at, at a pretty high level because, as you say, it's, yep. it's going to uncharted territory. So off the back of that, what are the elements we're looking at here? I mean, the term duty of care, I think, has to be, has to be brought into account. Um, this yep. classification that Laura Kane put in, I think, careless. Yep. And to my mind, that probably um, ticks that box from an AFL perspective that there's it, it, an element of carelessness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's careless versus intentional, isn't it? Yeah, I don't... I personally don't think. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to prosecute careless than pers- than in- intentional. Yeah. I, look, I mean, it's hard for me to take any emotion out of it because no, it's my brother. But I, I, yeah, I've tossed and turned. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, that sort of looks football, okay. And then I saw it again, and I felt he put his hands up to smother, which is fine. That that incident was okay. Um, and then sort of turns his shoulder in, and I, I don't know why I thought of the incident, but there was an incident years ago in the NBA where Stephen Adams had a guy try and dunk over him and f- was about to fall on his neck. And instead of doing nothing, Stephen Adams caught him at the last second and sort of put him down. And that's duty of care, and that's within a split instant. And, you know, you can do that, I think. Um, and I think my uncle said the other day, if it was Taylor Adams in a scratch match, he would have not dropped a shoulder into his face. So it's... um. I mean, while it was careless, probably you, you can't really argue that it's intentional because he has jumped up in the air to smother. Um, he intended to obviously hit him at the end. Um, whether or not he wanted to knock him out, I don't think so. But, yeah, the high impact, it's high contact, it's all, yeah, there's plenty to argue. Um, there's going to be biomechanists. There's going to be all sorts of legal yeah. ramifications. <clears throat> and just as we finish it off, I, let's go back to the, the I guess, the, the origins of their relationship. They, they do know each other pretty well. Yeah, they played yeah. footy. They played footy together. The word up. is yep. that, he, uh, that uh, Braden took a, a bottle of wine over and they had a chat. So yep. uh, from a personal note, I don't think there's any any ill feeling or is there? Uh, I don't think there's ill feeling. Angus is obviously pretty annoyed that he mm. got him in the face um, and has knocked him out. But I don't think it's not... You know, he doesn't hate him. It's not any like anything like that. I think it's just you're pissed off because you're missing. Yeah, finals pissed off footy. because you're missing finals footy. I think is the gist of the, their relationship at the moment. But they played junior footy together at the Hampton Rovers, so they they know each other. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I'm sure there'll be good lawyers going at it for a long time, and yeah, this one might take a few hours. Absolutely, uh, really appreciate your insight. Uh, this is the Shelter Footy Cast with Hammer and Skeet. No, it was good to chat with you on that, Hammer, because there's questions to be asked and you're in a, in a very um, interesting position given he's your mm-hmm. brother, as they say. Uh, so that's, that'll be played out over the next day, so not just 24 hours, but maybe mm-hmm. the rest of the week. Uh, let's get into the four games and go back to that Thursday night yep. game between Collingwood <coughs> and Melbourne. And I think it's fair to say with 69 inside 50s, uh, Melbourne have had their chances to win that game. Collingwood, though... Started really well, though, with a better side for, for large portions of the match, yep. or portions of the match. Um, how do you reflect on it? And I know there's a, a side of you that th- thought that Melbourne yeah. were going to win that game. I certainly did. I thought they were going to win it. Um, I think it's a testament to how good Collingwood's defence is. Uh, Darcy Moore sets them up really, really well behind there. Isaac Quainer doesn't lose one-on-ones. They are very well set behind the football, and I don't think it helped the way that Melbourne were kicking it in, and they were just bombing it and bombing it and bombing it. And almost they didn't succumb to the pressure of finals but it was very much a case of let's just pepper the ball in and it wasn't working and they didn't look to change much up which was um 
which was an interesting uh, interesting look. But, yeah, they smashed the inside 50s. They had wider numbers, and Collingwood's defense was just too good. And, yeah, it, it was a game that they certainly could have won, but um, one that got away. So, look, I think if they meet each other again, it'll be a different story, and they might look to move the ball a little bit differently, but a cracking game of football. It was, uh, 90,000 plus at the, at the game. Max Gorn, he really was outstanding and, and kept Melbourne in in the contest. And obviously the mids got rolling, particularly late in the piece where Petrarca and uh, and those players got moving. But from a, a Collingwood point of view, uh, Bobby Hill kicking early goals, still side bottom, uh, outstanding. Um, the Magpies, as you say, the defence was was just terrific. That's the issue now moving forward. I think Collingwood. Um, they didn't score a goal in the last quarter, so yep. as, as you know, very relieved to get to a prelim. But that, they're they've got some issues to work on themselves. They do, yeah. Um, I mean, I think they'll be fingers crossed, begging that Nick Dacos can find his way back because yep. he is an offensive juggernaut for them and, and really gets things set up and started. But um, yeah, I, I mean, for them, I think obviously, Scully <laughs> says it all the time, but the backs win premierships, and that's where their game sort of starts from, and and they're able to lock that down. But I feel like they're just missing that link to then get it going forward and and go from there. It's and that's something that Dacos brings and and really you know puts as a weapon for that team. But um, they would have been happy for Bobby Hill to get going early and and Sidebottom just doesn't really stop going. So they're going to need to tinker with some things. But I think their foundation is set to make a real charge at the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Jack Chris outstanding. Quain or down back always plays really good footy. So and uh, Petrarca thought he was in trouble in the last quarter when uh, his uh, legs taken out from him. But mm. from that moment he. He just sparked. So it's a long way to get around to get to a grand final now with Carlton this week, then a prelim yep. final. Uh, so there's there's a heap of work to be done. And most notably, as I said, inside 50s, they were struggling to create. Brody Grundy, does he come back into the conversation this week? What do they go with a Charlie Spargo as a small? Given that Tom McDonald, uh, he found the footy late in the piece, but what changes would you make to that Melbourne forward line? <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I think looking at it, the, the weight of inside 50s they had late, I feel like that came off the back of Petrarca moving into the middle. He played predominantly forward in the first half and then and then moved inside. And um, a bit of a case of you don't have him in there and he's been your, he's been a real weapon for them in there and makes things happen. So who's he kicking it into? I, I think it's, I, yeah, it's hard to say you'd make changes off the back of one game, but I, I think the changes need to come from their method of entry, not necessarily just bombing it long and maybe a bit more spot up and the use of Bailey Fritch on a lead and this sort of those sort of players that can get the ball and then wheel and go. Um, it's tough. The VFL guys, I think Casey's still in, so they've got a game next week. So I could be wrong there. I didn't check the VFL results, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't know that they can play Corn and Grundy in the same team. That's still up for debate, but they got to do something with the way they move the footy inside 50 is, I think, probably the thing that they'll look at this week. And just think about the uh, the prospect, and they won't want to think about this, but last year, knocked out in straight sets. They're one yep. loss away from going out uh, in a similar fashion. So um, that's that's going to weigh a bit on them heading into the Blues, who have probably got a free swing at them this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the Blues will be riding a real high, but, uh, yeah, Melbourne will be, will be wanting to get this one done. Definitely, it's... Uh, you try not to think about it, but it'll be hard not to after two years where they've been on paper one of the best sides in the comp and then been bounced out. It's um, I think their supporters are begging for a premiership in Melbourne, and yes, they won that one in twenty one over here, but they I think there was sixty to seven sixty or sixty five thousand people that went and watched a replay on the screen at the MCG, so they are desperate for a home final MCG grand final for the Melbourne Footy Club. All those fans, so. 
that'll be all in the back of their mind. Obviously, they'll be focusing on Carlton, but it'll be um, subconsciously in there. Speaking of Carlton, uh, Friday night they made the return to finals action. And uh, they got the job done. It was only by six points. They just uh, staggered to the line, a bit like uh, Collingwood in the end. But uh, they tell me uh, the atmosphere just extraordinary. The Blues supporters out in big numbers and Sam Walsh and Blake Aker's terrific for them. Uh, former Docker really showing his value. And uh, and Sydney bow out. But uh, Carlton, I think that's the that's the result. I think, dare I say, it's good for the competition. Great for the comp. Um uh, yeah, I think it's – well, personally, I think it's good for Melbourne too because Sydney, I think, got really going in that second half and were flying. But they were the, – the crowd was – like, I was watching it and it was deafening. Like, you can hear the f- emotion of fans that have been starved of final success for so long and you could see the passion that guys were playing with. And, I mean, Blake Akers in that last quarter is, I think, the prime example of a football club who's just desperate to do anything they can to win a final. I think he had – four or five efforts in a row where it was sprinting back on the D50 to lay a, uh, to, to try and intercept, going back on the goal line, knocking that one through. He, That's just being so desperate for the footy when you're 100 minutes into a game is um, is quite remarkable. And Paddy Cripps was obviously carrying something into the game, had big padding on his on his ribs. So he was hurt but still managed to wheel them over the line. And Sam Walsh was excellent. And Charlie Curnow obviously got, he got some hard work, got some attention put onto him, but they were able to do and work everything around that and they, it was an excellent game of football to watch. Absolutely, and they led uh, by the best part of five goals. And at that point, you thought, well, and now it's a question of Sydney. Uh, will they will they find a way back? Which they did in the last quarter, or through the back end of the uh, the, the third quarter. Um, they get within a kick. They coughed up some late goals. Carlton um, just quickly. Jack Martin was pretty good at stages, but he's yep. facing a two-match ban. They're going to challenge yep. that Carlton for that uh, strike on the Lizard. That's going to be a tough one to argue. He punched him in the face, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, is it two or what? Can they get it down to one? I suppose that's the, that's the best-case scenario. Yeah, best-case scenario is I don't think it, knocked, it didn't knock him out or anything, so outcome there. But yeah, it was a close fist strike to the head, so it's going to be tough. I think it might be two down to one at the best, but that'll be – he won't play next week. Now, I don't, we've tried to find two separate – Thirsty Camel Clangers of the Week, but we've lobbed and landed on the same spot. Of course, don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelter, Thirsty Camel and the Big H, Harry Mackay. What is going on with his kicking for goal, Hammer? It is, uh, yeah, I just, I don't quite get it. It's a, um, it's like having chipping yips on the golf course because he has just struggled this year to kick the ball straight and to think about where's he going to snap it? Is he going to kick a drop punt? He makes one decision and it's the wrong one. He makes the other decision and it's the wrong one. He just can't do anything right in front of goal at the moment. And that was a howler that he missed. He missed two pretty big sodas, didn't he? Two. Uh, and it, you can say it's it's a, it's it mental, but this is – he's 12 metres out, Hammer. This is yeah. – dare I say it, these are goals that – just underage footballers are kicking. Yeah. Well, I mean, he dribbled one into the post and then he missed one from 12 metres out straight in front. It's, yeah, I don't know what he's trying to... All you need to do is just chip that. Uh, but you, he goes through the routine, which you should, and then he doesn't know. Oh, it's just, it was tough to watch. He almost, he almost took them, he almost went back and I thought, he's going to miss this. That's where it was at. I thought he was going to miss it. It reminded me of earlier on in the year where he was just bellying snaps and doing all the rest of it. It's just tough. Like, you have to be, he has to be working on his... Routine his his um, his follow through his run through and all that sort of stuff, but it's I think as well you got to be he's got to be talking to a sports psych and figuring out the mental side of how to not stress too much over a drop punt. Yeah, the thirsty camel clanger of the week belongs to Harry McKay, and the, the the bottom line is he can you trust him in a final in a in a clutch situation that that that's moving forward. Yeah, he can play. <clears throat> is he a player that you need at Carlton? Um, Scoey's adamant that 
Kurnow's better for having Mackay on the team, which yep. is probably right. Yep. But, gee, there's going to be some heartache along the way. Oh, there certainly will be. I mean, they won't have to worry about it this week. He's uh, mm, he's, he's not playing. But, um, yeah, I think if you're <sighs> – I would not want to be a – I wouldn't envy a Carlton supporter with a grand final on the line and he's having a shot from 25 metres straight out. 10 metres out, you'd still be having your heart in your yeah. mouth. Uh, Blues get home. They take on the Ds. Friday night, they'll get 90,000 to that. It's going to be a cracking game. The winner through to a prelim final. Uh, I did this game on Saturday. The Saints and the Giants at the MCG. 68,000 there. Their previous record crowd between the two clubs, 21,000. So they put that in the shade. Uh, And the Giants, gee, they got away to a flyer. Five goals to two. Their midfield, Kelly, outstanding. Um, Through the middle, Tom Green, brilliant. They're playing some good footy. They are. No Cornelio on the weekend? No, I think he had so, an eye injury yeah. of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> They've got him to come back. They are, um, they're a, I mean, dare I say a smoky, but they are, they're hitting really good form. They've got, oh, they've just got a really good blend of talent and passion and leadership and youth. And it's all, oh, what Toby Green's got that group believing in mm. and doing is is special. I, I think they've got an underrated very, very good backline. Um, obviously, we sing the praises of Jack Buckley in here, but him and um, Sam Taylor are mm. phenomenal, a phenomenal duo that can match up very well against any number of um, tall forward duos. And their midfield's flying, and they've got really dangerous forwards. And with Daniel and Bedford and those guys being able to play and put more forward pressure on, they're um, yeah, they're a, a, Briggs is a good rock. He's an underrated big man who just lumps the ball forward and. They've got some weapons, and I think they're a real smoky going forward. It's exciting to watch Brent Daniels uh, at ground level. Terrific. I mean, Jesse Hogan's playing some decent yeah, footy as very well. Football. As I mentioned, Josh Kelly was terrific for them, and Riccardi with three goals outstanding. Um, he mentioned Sam Taylor. Look, he had a couple of goals kicked on him by Max King. I think it was in the second quarter, and you saw him in the second half. I mean, he's he's been labelled by Adam Kingsley as the best defender he's coached, which is saying something. And speaking of Kingsley, he's got to be in line for Coach of the Year. Yeah, he has to be. I mean, he said he's the best defender he's ever coached, and that's because he doesn't have to coach Jack Buckley. Plays on pure talent, but <laughs> he, um, yeah, he's got to be in line for Coach of the Year. A lot of them, a lot of people just didn't even peg him to make you know anything worse, anything better than the bottom four. So the way that that group has gone, it's um it's remarkable, and they're they're hitting form at the right time, and they are flying. Uh, the St Kilda Footy Club, I've got to say that they probably <coughs> exceeded expectations yep. as well. So they made the finals, they bow out in the first week. They they just lacked. Um, it looked like they lacked run compared to what the Giants produced. Twenty four points. The the margin in the end, Jack Steele was uh, really good for them. And as I said, Max King kicked three goals, Sharman two goals early, but um, they, they look a, a class short of what the Giants produced. But Ross. Still gets a tick. Yeah, I think he gets a tick. Another another team that I didn't really peg to be playing finals footy. They came out of the box flying with injured players, and I thought, well, oh, geez, how good's this? And then they levelled to a point where I thought they would. Then they exceeded expectations again. And they dropped back down. So I think making a final and getting knocked out is probably where I saw them um, going into it. But yeah, they did. They I feel like they're one or two players off that next level, which is then another player or two off the next level. So they're not they're not that far off. But it's um it's yeah I think it's a credit to what Ross has been able to do for a long period of time to come in to a team like that and and drive them to a final is um yeah a testament to him. So a tick for the season all over, and I think. And Liam Henry, uh, yeah. a, a docker who's on the way out, has nominated St Kilda. Yep. A decent fit, do you think? Yeah, I think a good fit. Um, that you, you speak about run and the way that they looked a little bit outpaced and that and on the weekend, and uh, and he certainly adds that, and well, I think it'd be a really good fit for them. 
All right, three down, one to go on the weekend of finals. It saw, I think, 280,000 or something ridiculous. The best ever yeah. uh, attended uh, weekend, as you mentioned. Uh, you've mentioned that Collingwood, uh, the AFL, very happy for them to keep rolling through the finals. Mm-hmm. But Brisbane and Port Adelaide, other matches were pretty tight. This one, gee, it was all done and dusted at three-quarter time. The Lions... Always difficult to beat at the Gabba. In fact, perfect this year. Yep. But their finals record hasn't been good, but they addressed that perfectly. <clears throat> they were sensational on the uh, on the day. I, I didn't actually watch this game. I was occupied with um, with an AFW game that didn't go very well. But it's no. um, they were yeah, phenomenal by all, all reports. They to win how much did they win by fifty points or something in the end or there yeah, forty eight yeah against a Port Adelaide side who are star studded and jam packed and I still think can make a bit of noise. But I think it's it's one of the the cheat codes of the AFL being able to play at the Gabba as a Brisbane side. They are phenomenal. Um, and it's going to be – Melbourne or Carlton are going to play them in a prelim and it's going to be overly difficult to, to get up there and get a job done. But um, I think they'll be looking at this as another tick of a box and I think they'll be they're going to try and eye off – that'll be their next challenge. Can they win at MCG? Yeah, that's that's the big question. But <coughs> if you're there, you're, um, you're more a chance than if you're sitting uh, exactly right. having a shelter yeah. on a Monday afternoon. Uh, Joe Danaher, five goals. Yep. A, lot of, a lot of people say that he's the most important player to them. If he can get rolling in the next two matches – they can win the flag. Yeah, yeah. he's a star. He um, he just he's, he's massive. He leaps. He jumps. He's a hard matchup for any defender. Um, but they've got a very good fort. Cam Rainer's a star. Three goals. He's a gun. Like they've got really yeah, just another team that's full of good players. But for a for a finals team moving forward, you need your key forward dominating and, and kicking goals and taking marks and drawing attention. And and if he can continue to do that, it's going to be awfully difficult to beat him. Yeah, Ollie Lord kicked four for Port Adelaide, but they miss him. Early shots, I was, I, I'm like you, I didn't uh, see all the match, but particularly with Marshall missing some set shots, they were 1-4 at quarter time, uh, and Brisbane uh, kicking eight goals in the third quarter put them absolutely yep. out of their misery. Um, McCluggage outstanding, you mentioned Rainer, Danaher, uh, Dunkley good. Uh, the only, I guess, plus sign, Willem Drew did a reasonable job on uh, locking Neil. I suppose that's a template to try and work out how to stop him, but you put that uh, player to to sleep so to speak and you've got others who are just t- taking his place yeah it's an it's a, it's an interesting one i think um for a, it's not like he's the only cog in that wheel in the midfield which is really difficult i think when you um like a few years ago with richmond i, I think richmond win the grand final because dusty martin picks him up and puts him on his back and no one tags him so that's one you can say if we tag him potentially we're a chance you tag Lockie Neal, then Dunkley goes nuts, and then uh, you know Cam Rayner might come in and, and do some stuff. McCluggage comes in and does some stuff. So they've they've got players that they can work around, and it's not necessarily a one stop fits all for um, for Neal. And whether or not they continue to do that, Sweetie's a very good player and, and might draw some attention. But I feel like at this level of finals footy, whoever they come up against, I mean, if Melbourne make the prelim, they're not going to tag him. Why would they tag him? They've, Melbourne will feel like they've got the better midfield. They'll just yep. go head to head. Um, Carlton might put someone to him, but at the same time, they might think, let's just, you know, let's go for it. Sam Walsh might just go to him and say, head to head, who wants it? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, yeah, it's a tough one for Brisbane because you stop him, you've got others. And that's, I feel like, the way with a lot of the teams going forward now. Yeah, uh, Port Adelaide, uh, they've gone from being hosting a, Qualifying final potentially in the, in the last few weeks to now. Uh, sudden death, uh, Rosie Butters, some of their class players have to get rolling this Saturday night. Otherwise, their season will be over. And Kenny Hinkley once again falling short. And that's been a bit of a theme yep. at the Port Adelaide Footy Club. This is the Shelter Footy Cast with Hammer and Skeet. 
now let's just jump into some locals action and uh, in the WAFL, <laughs> yep. uh, East Perth, of course, bowing out, uh, unfortunately, a week yep. or so ago. But yesterday, I was at the Subiaco Claremont uh, first semi final. The Lions progress. Any surprise there for you? Uh, no, not really. I uh, I watched a bit of that game and oh, Claremont got close. They they fired a shot in the third and then Subi just went bang and were, were far too good. I think they did an excellent job uh, on shutting Bolton out of the game, who's a prime mover for them. And um, yeah, just too good, too classy in the end. And uh, and it'll be you know can Lee Kitchen beat Peel in a final is the question for next week. So you what, there's a bit of push and shove and they were getting towards Jai Bolton just to uh, give him some. Attention and words of advice, which uh, is is something to uh, watch on with interest. East Romantle through to the GF against yep. Peel Thunder. Given they're already there, they're the team to beat, the yeah, Sharks. certainly. Um, I mean, it was a bit like the Melbourne game, though, to be honest. The Peel should have won it, I think. They had a number of chances. They, I think they kicked a point, hit the post. Uh, Trav Collier kicked one out in the full. Um, he also dropped the – he fumbled one that he could have taken and had a snap. There was – just entry after entry after entry after entry and they were um yeah they were going for it they're coming yeah. <laughs> they, they were really coming i was speaking to andrew about it yesterday and he was there watching for the peel boys and it was it looked like they were you know they just couldn't lose it and then all of a sudden they you know the siren went and they managed to find a way but yeah i still think east for our the team to beat but um if peel get back in there it'll be They'll feel confident. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, having seen a bit of waffle, that it's Eastram Adelaide and Peel going again in the grand final. Is that sort of way up for you? Or you think Subiaco can knock oh, over? I think Subi can knock them over. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think they've they're an experienced side, but they've. I mean, there's they've they're very different from their last premiership run. Um, the side they've got, they've got a few mainstays that are still there, but they're they're a different looking side. And whether or not that can knock off Peel this week is a, is a question. But um, they should have beaten them in the first. Mm. In the first final, they were twenty eight points at half time. Yeah, and then they um, the the floodgates opened up. But I feel like that's Peel's real advantage. They've got a lot of fitness with their AFL listed players, and the last few weeks they have stormed home. So it'll be um, if they're going to fire a shot early, Subi, it's got to be a big one. And of course, tonight a huge night at uh, at Crown. Now, I don't know if you've got your uh, tux sorted yet. Although I did see a picture, you obviously have because you saw a picture of the Sunday Times. You and uh, yeah. Mitch Crowden and, uh, and the shoe. It actually wasn't the tuxedo. It was a blue dinner suit. It was a oh, blue. Was it? it was a blue lounge suit that I had to <laughs> throw together at the last minute. But uh, now I got my I got my suit at the dry cleaners, and I'm going to pick up after this. So yeah, yeah. Well, let's <coughs> let's done it down because uh, you're one of the. Let's be honest, you're runner up last year. Equal yep. runner up. You've uh, had a better year this year than last year in your mind. I think so, yeah, probably. Um, I feel like I've had a more impactful year this year. I haven't had to do as much on my own because our mid, our team has been a bit better, I think, which has been good. Um, Mitch Croydon obviously coming in helps a lot in the midfield. And um, last year, Angus Schumacher uh, had a knee surgery at the start of the year and that had games where it really plagued him. So um, those guys have uh, have been really good with with myself this year and it's it's been good. So, yeah, I think personally – and I've kicked a lot more goals this year, which has been – my big change. So that means you're winning the medal. No, no, it has I, to be. Well, if you got a better year than last year, you must be in, in the mix. Well, I think Luke Meadows had a much better year than he did last year, and he also was runner-up. And uh, Zach Clark, I don't think, played well for last year, so he was... Just quickly, it's all the myths. Jai Bolton obviously yep. gets a ton of it yourself. You mentioned Mitch Crow and Angus Shoemaker, um, Luke Meadows. But could a Ruckman win it? Uh, has he had that good a year, do you think? I think he's been excellent. I mean, um, he probably doesn't... He didn't have the possessions that Della Hunty had when he won the Sandover yep. um, and probably didn't kick as many goals as Della did but dominated in the ruck more so than Della Hunty so I think he was when Della Hunty was in there it was the fourth midfielder who would you know get 20 hit outs a game 
whereas Clark's getting 15 to 20 touches and 50 hit-outs a game. So he's mm. he is really being impactful. And it's I think, I mean, I just look at the game that they played, the second game we played then when they beat us. So I feel like he was the best player on the ground by a mile. Um, had 15-odd 15, 15 touches, but the way that he was able to use the ball in the air with his hand, I think he had a 360-degree radius where he could hit the ball 10 metres. So he was um, – it'll be whether or not that catches up size. I think he's a chance. I think he's a real chance. I think he'll pull a lot of votes and it'll be um, – yeah, it'll be a fun count tonight. Talk us through your mindset. If you, Like last year, we <coughs> obviously in the mix, do you do you stay off the shelters till about nine or do you do you weigh up how you're travelling in the vote count or how, how will you approach tonight? Because you have to have a bit of – you know, you've got to be on, on the your, your game a bit if you, if you do manage to poll the votes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look at last year and um, I went in with zero expectations last year. I polled votes. I polled votes in games that I didn't think I should have. You I didn't play. You still <laughs> yeah, polled votes. Yeah. I, I, there was a game we lost to Claremont last year by 50 points and I polled three. Um, Angus Schumacher last year had 38-2 and two against West Coast and I had 23-3 and three and I got the three votes. Uh, I got two votes in a 75-point loss to Peel. Um, so there was some. I went into the night already having a few shelters to start the night off, yeah. and thinking, "Well, I'm not. Uh, this will be fun. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'll poll a few votes, but I won't go close." Um, and I was three votes clear at the ten round mark, and so I had to stop for a little <laughs> bit. And then Bokehurst got two in a row that jumped ahead of me, and I knew from there that I we I think we lost the last six. So I was like, yep. "Beautiful, I'll get back on them now." And it just so happened that I was the last interview of the night. They go around and, and interview, yes. and Tim Gossage was interviewing me, and I was. A little bit, uh, couldn't really. I mean, I might have been a screw loose, but it was um, that was fun. But yeah, I, tonight I'll enjoy myself. I think we're going to poll a lot of votes on our table, so it will be fun. And they might I'll, steal some votes <clears> off you. Yeah, I think that we, obviously we we will. But I think the way that it works, I don't think three of us will be stealing votes. One of us was getting some attention while the other two played okay. So that'll be the way. Um, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit nervous going in. I I hope to do well. And what about how, how much in all sincerity? How much? Because it's Sandover Medal, and we know you know family, and we you know Sticks, the great the grandfather, and you've got uh, James and, and and Angus. I'm sure there's a great there's a great history, and they know about this history of the Sandover. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it'll be a, a, a massive honour and a massive privilege. And my brothers are doing their thing in the AFL and have had their careers there and are playing very well. Andrew was the Lee Matthews medalist mm. last year. Angus has won a premiership, and and while my AFL career was cut short, I think. I'm content with where I am, but um, doing the best that I can in the level that I'm at is still something that I, you know, aspire to do. And you know, it'd be a massive honour to be even close. I mean, last year I was stoked with coming runner-up, so to be there or thereabouts again this year will be a, will be you know would be really nice. And uh, I'll be nervous. I'll still be having a few shelters. No worries about that. But uh, yeah, I think I finished a lot better this year than I did last year. So if I'm uh, if I'm close enough, I'll uh, I might sort of slow down but um no i'm just looking forward to it it'll be a fun night it'll be good to celebrate the the year of footy and while i would have much preferred to have been sober mm. it'll be fun to be having a couple absolutely of you and i both ales. yeah we'll both put on the tuxedo <coughs> and hopefully get through the night unscathed uh, by the way it's also a hall of fame night so here's four names for you uh, jan cooper the first Star. female of course a lot to do with the west coast yep. eagles um and and obviously female footy pioneer uh, alex rance uh yep. richmond premiership player what a what a brilliant player was I think five time all Australian mm-hmm. uh, of course dad Murray but that's uh, that's terrific Phil Cracker yeah uh, the Cracker magic you're probably too young to remember you would have seen the vision seen the, seen the vision and, and the old man speaks very very highly of the way he was able to play footy you know he drove over from Melbourne to Perth he's just scared of flying so uh, oh, Phil Cracker he's, he's made the journey across the Nullarbor uh, and last but not least Alistair Pickett uh, two time uh, Sandover medalist four time premiership player with Subiaco so uh, just a nod to the WAFL and off the back of that there's going to be a legend inducted tonight as well Hammer so oh wow beautiful so, uh, so it's, it's 
plenty of action, and that's in between, of course, the voting for mm-hmm. the Sandover medal. We'll finish off with AFLW in brief. Not Very great for brief. our <laughs> not for our WA teams. It was pretty average. Dockers beaten by Collingwood yesterday. Yep. And the Eagles down to the Gold Coast Eagles by a big done, margin. Yep. Yeah, um, not a good one for us, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, I didn't really catch too much of the three-hour game. Collingwood are a good side, so that's um, they, they Fremantle beat them in a practice game about a, three weeks ago, and. Collingwood obviously bounced back and got it done, but uh, yeah, we were we were outdone um, on the inside. We weren't very good at all. I think the numbers that the numbers stack up terribly for us, and it's something that we're going to review pretty harshly tonight. Um, they had they've got some very good players, and Charlie Robottom starred, and and Whitford was really good, and Stanton kicked, Stanton kicked six for them. So six, yeah, had kicked. Uh, it was her fiftieth game on the weekend. It was their highest? I think it was their highest. Score. Their highest score ever. Yeah, yeah. it was her fiftieth game on the weekend, and. In her previous forty nine, had kicked eight. In her fiftieth, kick six. So it was tough. <laughs> oh, she had geez. they had a weight of inside fifties. We were we were very much outdone, and it's um not obvious. You're uh, not not anything you want to do, but it's something that we'll take a lot mm. of learnings out of and have to hit the ground running because we've got Carlton this week who were who were pantsed on the weekend, sixty six or six. They lost to North Melbourne by. So it'll be two teams that are licking their wounds, and um I think I think it'll be whoever can use that to get over and go to the next level will be the team that wins this weekend. So we've got to pretty quickly move on from that. It's a 10-game season and we're two games in, so we've got to bounce back quick. And if we you know, dwell on it any longer, the season will be over. Absolutely. Uh, so the Eags in trouble. The Dockers a bit slow to begin their season, but uh, that is our <coughs> AFLW wrap. Uh, that takes us out for this uh, Monday, of course. You can get in touch with us by email at footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Shelter Footycast on Instagram. Socials at Shelter Footycast on Instagram. Uh, the YouTube search, the back chat or Shelter Footycast playlist. Don't forget Dice performing September 22 down at Shelter. It's a long weekend. Support them. Hey, Hammer. See you at the Sandover. Good luck. Hope you go well. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. See you there. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.